and welcome to Activating Sustainability, the Anthesis podcast. I'm your host, Chris Peterson. We're recording this in early May and know from our colleagues around the world that while some of us are starting to come out of this phase of the crisis, others are right in the thick of it. As a member of the Anthesis family and our broader community, we really hope you know you're being thought of and that you, yours, and your teams are all safe and keeping well. Today, I'm really pleased to be joined by Sarah Gilby, Technical Director at Anthesis and a member of our global ESG team based in London. Sarah, thanks for joining the podcast. You're welcome. It's great to be here. Well, before we dig into it, maybe you could just give us a sense for where are you joining us from today? So I live just outside of London in Kent. I live very near to a very historical city called Rochester, and it's a beautiful sunny day. Well, that's great. You got to take advantage of those beautiful days. Well, you you certainly do. It's a bank holiday weekend here this weekend, so I think everyone's hoping for nice weather to lift the the spirits. It makes all the difference. I know my seven-year-old daughter is so excited just to be outside these days, as, as are my wife and I. Nature is great at this time. Yeah, thank goodness. Well, great. Sarah, thank you so much for joining. What we really wanted to connect with you on today is clearly kind of the entire world has been turned upside down over the last couple months. And it was fascinating going into the COVID crisis and kind of the start of 2020, thinking about the Larry Fink letter, thinking about the increased awareness within the financial community around sustainability and its importance and the importance of being a purpose-led organization. And it felt like we had finally kind of turned the corner within the sustainability community around that understanding of the business value and the importance around that. And then COVID hit. So what we're really hoping to do on the call today was to get your insights around how is that being viewed today? How does sustainability fit in a COVID slash post-COVID world? And what are you hearing within the community and what does this look like over the longer term? So maybe to start, would love to hear what are you hearing in the halls of the private equity firms you work with or in the broader financial community around their view of sustainability in this current time? I mean, this crisis, this current time is is largely a, about people. It's can be thought of in, in a number of different aspects and um, people being a, a key part of it. I mean, obviously everyone is, you know, focusing very heavily on on keeping businesses running, you know, how businesses are running. And very central to that is the people aspect of keeping people's jobs through to the health and safety of employees and looking down the supply chains as well. You know, what's what's happening down those supply chains to the employees. If you think about garment workers in India, for example, or distribution drivers, et cetera. You know, these are very key people and, and this is at the forefront of people's minds. It's very important as well. What we're seeing coming out is quite a focus on how these businesses are are handling employees, handling other stakeholders, such as supply chains, such as customers at this time. What I'm hearing is that there's going to be quite a greater scrutiny on that, you know, how did that company react during COVID? How did this company react during COVID? We're hearing a lot of great actions that are happening. So increased collaboration, sort of flexibility, um, particularly around staff and again around looking at supply chains and working with supply chains as, as well. That said, you know, the E in ESG and, and obviously the G as well, very important and we're seeing some LPs so the investors coming out to say that they will hold hold people to account 
following that if they fail to treat employees and suppliers well whilst they grapple with with COVID. Um, so there's still a lot of factors to be considered in there. And we're seeing that ESG is quite front and centre to this and how you manage your ESG is quite front and centre to this as well with a greater scrutiny going forward. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how further that develops in the, in the coming weeks and days as people further down the line look back and see what happened and see what could have been done better and, and what was done in this time. Yeah, it's fascinating to think about this as like a stress test of of that commitment. And it's it's really encouraging to hear that it feels like the financial community is kind of passing that test around it and not letting that totally slip. Absolutely. And, you know, ESG five, seven, eight years ago, ESG started starting coming out. It was very niche. And like you said at the start, when we came into this crisis, it was really gathering strength, really gathering momentum. And, you know, you read various things and listen to various people and there's talk about, is ESG going to fall away because people are, are more concerned or business leaders are more concerned about just getting business running. The general consensus is, no, that's not the case. You know, we disagree with that. We think ESG is going to be fundamental to the the building back stronger, the, the strength of coming forward. It's doing good ESG is doing good business in effect. So, so you look after your employees. Health and safety is very key. Climate change isn't going away. That's still very much got to have its continued focus supply chains again it's all part of the system and we're we're seeing there's still a rapid growth of esg investing albeit some of it is repurposing current products to incorporate esg principles you know there is still a strong focus out there that we're seeing continuing to grow and continuing to gain that strength yeah it's fascinating to think about where that is and where that will go and maybe before we get into some of those kind of longer term implications and where you would see things going it'd be interesting to kind of unpack those short-term expectations a little bit more you hit on a few things in terms of employees and supply chain i'd be curious to hear kind of again how that's being viewed or are there successful practices you're seeing or kind of new expectations around that that are emerging yeah, we're, we're seeing, I mean, if we start with supply chain, for example, we're seeing the investors, business leaders um, have been or being encouraged to and are being shown that strong monitoring, transparency and governance are, are absolutely key in this short term crisis because there is a, a greater danger of very large ESG issues arising post COVID, such as greater exploitation of workers trapped in modern slavery you know, extreme risks of infection. So we're seeing that as a as quite a key point at this point in time. Health and safety, I, I touched upon earlier, we all see it every day as we walk into our local shops, supermarkets, there's social distancing, there's screens, etc. And as we start coming out of of lockdown, all these businesses, you know, ours being one of them, you know, we've got to think about our employees and what that return to work looks like and making sure we have the correct health and safety in place. There's been a lot of talk about PPE, face masks, etc. making sure we've got that in place. And that applies to a whole range of business, 
even us as Antesis, as we're, we're predominantly office workers. And that's a really key thing to get right in the sort of short to medium term as to how that's handled. As I mentioned earlier, climate change, climate change is not going away. It's going to be with us. And again, it's looking at greenhouse gas reduction targets. Do not take the foot off the pedal, in effect, you know, not to lose focus in the short term as they'll continue to have greater scrutiny going forward. And there's there's potential, obviously, for post-COVID. Do we put more finance into schemes, into technologies that improve climate change, you know, that work towards dealing with the climate change issue? Biodiversity is another key factor. Obviously, the disturbance of ecosystems has led to greater human-animal contact, increases risk of pathogens and risk of further pandemics. So it's it's about learning right now from what we're doing now as to what works, what doesn't work. So next pandemic, you know, what happens and how prepared are we? The other thing that we're seeing quite a lot of is cooperation and collective action um so really using this this time this real time of crisis to to forge those relationships new ways of working and particularly seeing that within private equity firms where they've got portfolio companies that that can work together um, and using that platform of being part of a, a larger private equity house to talk to each other and not only knowledge share but resource share as well. So we, we're seeing some good examples of that coming out as well. That's fascinating. Picking up on that idea of cooperation and collective action that you said, I heard an interview with Paul Pullman recently, and he was talking about SDGs as a framework to fit me thinking about like where business can contribute and really emphasize that goal 17 around collaboration, the importance of that. He saw that both within employees within an organization, and then also across the value chain, as you were highlighting earlier. That's something that you're you're hearing as well, and kind of unpacking that a little bit further. Yeah, absolutely, and um, very good point. Um, SDG seventeen t- talks about collaboration, and I don't think many businesses pre COVID has have picked that up on their SDG reporting. You know, if they're reporting to, to SDGs, but we're definitely seeing it in there. We're seeing it, for example, one of the firms that we work with, one of their clothing companies is now making masks and gowns for the local government and then they're using some of the delivery from one of the other more local portfolio firms and then just sharing sharing ideas across and I think people it's another learning experience from this crisis and what's coming out of this is all these great learning opportunities and experience to say well actually there is a new way of doing this there is a new way of working and there is there's a new way of collaboration and very good point i, th- I think sdg 17 may maybe one which will come up the ranks from where it has been before to be thought about more and included hopefully yeah it's such a fascinating space and i think it's this idea of these global problems like climate change and you know clearly what covid-19 has kind of presented the world of we need this global response to it and some level of collective action in order to to address that and achieve that. It'll be fascinating to see how we can step up to the, the next challenges that come forward. And it's interesting what you're saying about a global response, because there has been a, a knee-jerk reaction to this to become more, more localized, particularly in supply chains. You know, do we think 
we should bring things back locally so we haven't got this issue of global supply chains. But actually, the world is so interconnected and so global that we still need to think on those those global lines, particularly if we need to respond to any further pandemic or global crisis. And you can put climate change into there as well. That you know that is a global climate crisis that we do have to work together on. Yeah, no, it's incredible to think about. And maybe just before we move off from this, I mean, one thing I'd like to dig into a little bit further is around the people and this idea of purpose. I mean, you you hit on the health and safety, and we hear a lot of conversations about PPE and plexiglass shields, et cetera. You know, but it certainly seems like purpose has been an important piece of what has differentiated those businesses that have been able to respond to this, that are kind of agile in that way. Is that something that you're hearing about maybe embedded within the governance section of ESG or is that kind of a step too far for where people are at at the moment? Well, I don't think you need a purpose to respond well to um, to the crisis, uh, I think, but it helps galvanize people and it helps people focus around a, a central belief. Being agile definitely has helped as well. I mean, if you've got core principles and beliefs, then then that's important, but it should be adaptable and it needs to be adaptable to run with the, the current needs, current needs of the business, current needs of, of the stakeholders of the business. I think, you know, doing a few critical things well is really important, which may mean that other bits drop away around around your governance, but really focusing on that core has worked well and staying true to your core beliefs, your your core business principles has been very important here. Yeah. It's fascinating to think about those organizations that how they define their core, right? If that is profit maximization at the moment they're like you see organizations kind of flounder around that versus those that have a either a broader social mission or a recognition of the value that they can create beyond just the bottom line. In addition, I should say, in addition to to that bottom line. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And the, the one other thing that has that I've seen being talked about more is stakeholder capitalism. Obviously, that was it's been around for a long time, but again, it's, it's that looking at the interest of all stakeholders rather than just running a business for maximum profit. You know, so covering your employees, your customers, shareholders, local communities, and looking at impact as well, impact investing, or, or just an impact a business has on on local, on the stakeholders, and the local environment, has been something that's been up and coming as well. And I think that that will have a greater focus going forward. But absolutely, stakeholder capitalism is gaining in focus. Um, as we go through this, which goes back to the principles, are you in this business to just make money for a few shareholders or is the way forward the interest of all of the stakeholders? And again, back to the social aspect, you know, employees, customers, local communities as well should be included in that. And so are there a few things that stand out for you in terms of if I were an organization at the moment trying to think about like what's what's next in that short term, maybe just before we move on to some of those longer term expectations. Are there some kind of key things you would see as successful practice around the stakeholder capitalism or how to maximize that value within an organization? It's largely right now, it's about how how you're handling your people and how you're handling your stakeholders right now. If you think about retail, you know, like you say, a lot of us, we go in for our pint of milk and is, there's plexiglass and there's, there's lots of organizations that are thinking about their employees and, and how to handle their employees. And I think that's a, a 
very important factor in this short term. But people are, are still not ignoring the, the bigger picture and the longer term picture. I mean, I think now that now we've sort of come out of that first stage of quick run around what, what is happening, what do we need to do, focus, people are coming out of that stage now and starting to think, okay, what are we looking at now? Where are we going with this? How soon are things changing back to normal? Is there a normal? And um, what does that look like? And what do we want to do? And what do we want to be part of on that bit going forward? So that's a perfect transition into that idea of what do you see that longer term picture looking like? What are you hearing within the financial community around these concepts like build it back better or the opportunities that this may create for us? Yeah, build back better is, again, it has been something I've been hearing quite a lot of. There's quite a lot out in the press. And the fact that sustainability, ESG, as I said earlier, and as we were talking earlier, the general consensus, what I'm seeing is we'll build that back better and, you know, aligning strategies with broader purpose, continuing looking at human vulnerability, the natural environment, we'll take that forward. I think the, the main topics that people are, are looking at, it's coming out clearly that S will be growing stronger. So the social aspect of ESG, environmental has always been strong, but the social aspect there will be more focus on that going forward. Social impact of COVID has, has been largely negative, but there can be some positives coming out of this. And as people do things differently and do things better, build back better. It's not to say um, climate change is still a very long-term sustainability priorities and ensuring that that isn't derailed when the economies restart, it, I think is going to be a key focus. I mean, if you think COP22, which was meant to happen over here in Glasgow towards the end of the year, has been postponed for obvious reasons. It has been postponed, but, you know, when's that going to come back on board? Are the commitments going to be the same? You know, there's other talk that governments are going to come in stronger because CO2 reductions have inevitably happened in this year. You know, our government's going to come back stronger and say, Okay, well, it has been done. It can be done. What more can we do? So I think that's an interesting space to look at, that government response, that policy response as well. Supply chains I touched upon earlier, again, that, that's going to be something that's to keep an eye on in the in the future. I think there's going to be a lot more disclosure about supply chain structure. We're going to, I mean, the pandemic has highlighted risks down that supply chain. And I think there is a huge risk of the workers further down the supply chain when it comes to modern slavery. And I think investors, companies are really going to step up their game to make sure there is an increased focus on that as well. I think the other point that, came, that we're coming across is biodiversity. Again, pre-COVID, that was gaining in momentum as an important factor. We were hearing about the, the many thousands of species that are at risk. And as I said earlier, it goes hand in hand with climate, but it also goes hand in hand with exposure, animal, human pathogen exposure, and the the link to then pandemics, not only this one, but various others, SARS, et cetera, et cetera. So that's another key focus area, which will be looked at going forward. It's really, again, encouraging to hear financial community kind of passing this test, right? And it, it was certainly a concern I had going into it of, you know, A, the distraction and the appropriate focus on COVID, but that, you know, would that just overshadow everything? That's really consistent with what 
I've been seeing within the electric utility space across a number of different sectors and strategy projects, et cetera, is this ongoing commitment of, you know, some organizations hitting pause, some doubling down on it, but nobody taking a step back from it that I've, I've interacted with to date. So it's really encouraging to see that across the board and hear that within the financial community is such a key driver of some of those activities as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the clients that I've been talking to and various other interactions I've been having, yes, some people have put things on hold, understandably, but there's still plenty of plenty of appetite. This pandemic has, has just highlighted and exposed certain risks which could go horribly wrong and certain aspects which could be built back and could be done a whole lot better. And so I, th- I think the whole learning curve coming out of it is still very ESG focused and ESG at the heart to build these businesses back, build everyone's businesses back in a better way with new thinking and new ways to go forward. Well, Sarah, I think that that is a great spot for us to wrap it up. Any final thoughts from you or comments? I just wish everyone well, and I'm looking forward to working in this space in the coming months, years, to see how we move forward and we're all going together and and working together on this. So it's a very exciting time to be working in this space. That's wonderful. Really looking forward to seeing what the future holds within it and feeling very optimistic coming out of this call. So thank you very much for sharing the insight and the experience. And thank you all very much for listening. We really appreciate your time and interest. As Sarah said, we really hope that you're all keeping well. Did want to mention there's a couple of resources on the anthesisgroup.com website, including a whole series on the liminal space, that new word for me, but it is the space between either physical spaces or spaces between times. It's really about a transition time. And that's the way that Anthesis is looking at this is how do we best support the community and provide the resources to navigate these transitions and really provide insights so that we can be coming out of this in the best position we can collectively to address the opportunities that Sarah has helped to identify in this in this call. So please be sure to check those out. Please reach out to us with any challenges, insights, questions, feedback on this. I can be reached at chris.peterson. Sarah can be reached at sarah.gilby. That's S-A-R-A-H dot G-I-L-B-Y at anthesisgroup.com. And we just want to say that we hope everybody's keeping well. Uh, Take care. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon.